and in feeling, really. Agape love does not have this God love he's called us to, and 1 Corinthians 13 has nothing to do with emotion or feeling. It's all about, yes, God, I'm committed, and I'm serving in action as an act of my will, both the ones that I love the most and my enemies. That's the, that's the kind of the, we said that's the span in which God's calling us to love and to be sacrificial in that love. And so, uh, I know a lot of you in this, in this time, as we've been t- talking about and breaking down 1 Corinthians 13, that, that God's been speaking to you and doing things in you. And so, we just, this morning simply want to take time and let you share, because there's something powerful and profound about people telling their story and us getting to hear them. There's something that, that shifts in us. Because let's just be honest. I know I get tired of hearing me talk, so I assume you have to get tired of hearing me talk also, right? And let's just hear from one another. So with that, I'm going to come down here, and here's, what, and here's kind of the parameters, okay? It is, it is not loving to take up all the time. Right? It's not loving. It's selfish. And my, my, my least favorite thing is people say, well, I mean, you're gonna give me, I could talk a little longer, right? Which basically means I like hearing myself talk. Alright? So what I'm saying this morning is this. In two minutes or less, I want you to tell your story. I want you to be prepared before you come, right? To honor time so that more people can share. The, the less time you take, the more other people have to speak. Okay? So we want to hear from many people as possible this morning. So with that, I'm going to get down here. When I, when, I, when I take the microphone from you, it's like the gong show. I'm pulling you off and you're done, okay? Some young people are like, what's the gong show, right? So anyway, so with that, I'm going to hop down here to this level. And I'm going to, if you want to go ahead and come as I'm stepping down, I want to invite you to come and take two minutes or less and just talk about uh, specifically, here's what I'm looking for, specific things that happened in the study that God spoke on one of the weeks, right? Whether it was the idea that, uh, that God, that we, that love is selfless and what that meant for you, or love is about forgiveness, whatever it may be for you. So, I want to invite you to come and to share, and it'd be great. So let's do that. Go ahead and come. And we'll create a line, right? You can kind of, Harvest, you're coming first. Fantastic. Harvest is leading the way. Fantastic. There you go. Hi, everyone. Uh, I don't really know what our small group is called. I call it a newlywed small group. I don't know if that's the official title of it. Young Marrieds. Okay, that's a better term. Um, we actually, Timothy and I, he's not here this service, but we broke the rules, and we were allowed to come into the small group before we were actually married. And so we were kind of that couple that was the oddball out, checking all the other newly married, saying that's what we have to look forward to. We're excited. Um and after we were married, um, really, bottom line, we have become such close friends with everyone in our group. I mean, it's weird. Like, I look forward to going to small groups on Wednesday nights. Like, there's no way I would miss it. And I'm not usually like that. I'm like, eh, small groups, you know, not to, small groups are great. But this is like the first time ever where I'm like, I love Wednesday night small groups because there's something about going with your partner or with your spouse or with the one that God's put in your life. And um, some, somehow it's easier to talk about things and issues that are going in your heart when other people are around. It's like all is open. It's completely honest. No one gets offended. No one is um, judgmental or anything. And it's like, wow, you really can put all your cards on the table and just talk about really what's going on. And so with that, our relationships with each other have just bonded like I never thought could, and especially me coming into a new church. I don't know many people yet, and so just the fact that I had a small community from the very beginning um, to say, hey, we love you, you know, you and Timothy, we support you, um, it's fantastic. And so I would say the biggest, since there's no one else here, does that mean I can talk longer? No. Oh. Okay. Uh, I think the biggest takeaway for me was um, the lesson about selfishness, is what you said, about being selfless. And um, I'll never forget the moment that it hit me. It was when Timothy and I were on our honeymoon, and he was downstairs, I was upstairs, and I just was like, oh, I'm just going to go start unpacking my suitcase. And um, who likes unpacking and packing suitcases? It's not something you really enjoy. It's just something that you have to do. And so I'm unpacking, putting everything away. And then I saw Timothy's suitcase sitting over there, and I kind of like looked at it and was like, wait a second, does this mean that I have to unpack his suitcase too? I'm like, is this what wifely duties are about? Like, if I unpacked mine, 
and we're one, Timothy and I are one, that means I unpacked his because it's the same thing as me unpacking mine. I'm like, I went through this whole philosophy of unpacking a suitcase. And, um, but the crazy thing was is that there was such joy in it. And I know this is such a stupid example, but it, like, it really impacted me. There was such joy in serving him, even a terrible task that no one likes. And so we, um, you know, it's time to pack up, and I'm packing up my suitcase. It's early in the morning. He's still sleeping. And I look at all of his stuff spread out. I'm like, dang it, does this mean I have to pack up his suitcase too? Um, but again, it was like, okay, I'm going to do this because I love him and I want to serve him and we're one and I'm not going to be selfish. I'm not going to say, well, I'm all packed. You better get your stuff, you know, together. It's like, wow, this is what marriage is about. It's about doing things that you don't normally like to do, but because you're serving someone that you love, it becomes a joy. Um, so for me, I think that was the biggest takeaway. Hi, I'm Diana Bradley. I gotta stand. Are you sure? (laughs) Uh, Well, we actually missed a great deal. Uh, We didn't really miss it because we got to postpone. We were gone for three weeks. My father-in-law passed away, and we were in Michigan for three weeks, which was a blessing in and of itself. That's another story. But we were catching up last Friday, and we were talking about um, selfishness. And last Sunday, you know, we got here early. We had coffee. Duties were here at eight o'clock, and Getting up really early, I'm not a morning person. But our daughter Sydney had been asked to fill in in the village, which was great. She was going to go do that. She told me. Well, then she comes back and says, Mom, can you help in the village? <sighs> Where? She said, it was a third, third through fifth grade. <sighs> it's like if she would have said the babies, oh, sure, yeah, I'll go do that. So I, I, I said, if I can find anybody else, could you please? Well, they didn't. So I went in, and but I was only in there about two or three minutes, and Lori Deal had come in to tell us kind of what the program was for the day. And I knew immediately, God put me in there. And now I'm going to cry. I got to share. We were talking about sharing the good news, and the activity before they started was each each child got up and, made up a story about what's the best news you could possibly tell somebody. And they came up with going to Disney World or, you know, things like that. And then they came in, Kathy Cox came in with their her group, and they did the the time together. And, you know, all the while I'm I'm fighting boys trying to, will you please be quiet? Will you sit down? Will you do? (laughs) So the whole whole time I'm thinking, but I knew that the Lord had put put me in there for a reason. And so after we broke up back into our, our separate groups, I said, before we start our next activity, I said, I have a story that I want to tell. That's great news. I said, but I, this isn't made up. And I got to share with them about my father-in-law, who was a great man, who even the day his doctors told him, you are dying of pancreatic cancer, was telling them about the gospel and the nurses. And, uh, the year prior to that, he had come down with pancreatitis and was in the hospital for 11 days they could never find out what the problem was but he led 11 people to the lord one for every day and i got to share with those kids and you know what was amazing to me is not one of them moved they sat there and they looked at me and they listened and i could see it in their faces and i thought god thank you thank you that i was placed in here even though i didn't want to be but lord i I I came and did it because I knew it was a need, and you put me in here for a reason. And I don't know how how that's going to impact our lives. I'm trusting the Lord that it will, because I know he put me in there for a reason. And so I'm thankful for that. Let's go ahead and get other people lined up so you don't have to wait for the time. We can just hand the microphone off. Hello. Hi, I'm Christy. I was in Stephen Randall's small group, and um, throughout the time, you know, each kind of week, we talked about, okay, so what's kind of hitting your heart through reading, and I mentioned forgiveness is something that I struggle with greatly, and so when it came the week where we actually discussed forgiveness, my heart was just, like, totally broken, and um, um, I... Have like big issues with both my parents and my dad, especially 
and um, we were super close growing up, and then recently a lot of things tore us apart, and I could not, um, for the life of me, like bring myself to forgive him and to move past it all. And so that week, um, I was able to just like open up really. really for like the first time about it and it was amazing because after I was able to open up and really talk about you know how hurt my heart was there were other people in our small group who were able to you know kind of open up and talk about their forgiveness issues as well and Anyway, ever since, you know, it was on my heart, and I was like, I know that, like, obviously God is really speaking to me, and I need to do something about this. And so I've been praying about it a lot and talking with Ethan, my boyfriend, about it a lot. And um, so then last week, last Sunday, um, Steve's sermon just really, like, it was like a dagger to the heart. And I was like, okay, I know I have to call my dad, and which is was very hard for me to do, but I did. And I kind of just opened up and told him everything, you know, how he had hurt me. And he, of course, it was things that he wasn't even necessarily aware of. Um, And me not forgiving him, you know, was hurting me much more than it had been hurting him. And so, long story short, it was actually a really good conversation. And he received it much better than I thought he would. And, um, you know, of course, like I said, he wants to mend things and apologize. And it was just really awesome. And so whether or not our relationship is actually mended or not, it was just really good for me to be able to, like, actually open up and say, okay, like, Dad, I forgive you, whether things, like, get better from here or not. Like, it's okay. And, you know. You know, we can move on. So that was really awesome. Hey, my name is Stephen Leone. I was in Stephen Randall's small group as well. So, um, Steve made me stand up. I wanted to sit down, but that's fine. Um, let's see. I think the small group, what it really did for me was it kind of just opened my eyes to just selfishness. I guess that was the point. Um, I da- I'm dating Jenna Freeman, and... Um, I guess we're pretty serious, so that means a lot for the story. But anyways, um, I have a really hard time with caring about what people have to say. And um, just kind of like like being interested in what people have to say. Like I'll hear them and I'll listen to them. And um, I'm very impatient by nature. And so I have like three brothers and I've always just kind of been like, you're annoying, get away from me. And um having a big family and my parents and yada, yada, yada. And um, it was always just kind of like I put up with stuff. And it was like I thought being Christ-like was like someone's annoying me. I just won't say the rude things that are on my mind. Does that make sense? So, like, that was Christ-likeness to me. It was like, all right, cool, my little brother's annoying. I won't tell him that he's an idiot and shut up. I'll just, like, sit here with a, like, stone face on him. And then the same thing, like, kind of with my girlfriend. It was like she told me stories about, like, shoes or something. And I'm just like, all right. Cool. I'll just like listen and 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 like me being Christ like is like my girlfriend's talking about shoes. Well, I'm going to be Christ like and just listen and not like I'm not interested. You know, I might be distracted by something. I might be paying attention to something else. Anyways, it's almost like when Peter asked like Jesus, hey, how many times should I forgive? And he thought he was being holy by saying seven. And then Christ just kind of like flipped it on his back. And it was like, no, 70 times seven. And, and Peter was like, oh, well, I thought I was being holy. That's kind of in short, what the study did for me is it, it really opened my eyes to when people are talking, I shouldn't just be concerned about how it benefits me. When my little brother is like, hey, dude, I just got back from like some Boy Scouts thing. I shouldn't just be like making a sandwich and like rushing him along and just being like, all right, I'll just listen to him. It's like actually listening to him, hearing what he has to say. And and with my parents too, and 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 and, and really just the whole selfishness of I, every day I wake up, it's like me, you know, it's like I, I, even even the things like reading my Bible and spending time with the Lord in the morning. My mom's like, hey, can you walk the dog? I'm like, dude, you're interrupting like Jesus time right now. You know, like I want to read my Bible. I don't want to walk your dog like, you know, this is your house and I'm trying to get out of this house and not walk your freaking dog. And 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 so but but it, it just kind of made me realize like when my when my mom's like walk the dog, it's like, dude, how selfish are you that you can't just like. Your mom, like, breastfed you and fed, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, all, you know what I mean? Like, raised me, and she's awesome. Like, my mother's the greatest person in the world. But it's like, it just showed me how selfish I was that I can't just, like, walk my, my dog for my mom or listen to my brother's story or listen to my girlfriend's story. It's just, like, a lot of stories being told. And, and yeah, 
It just made me realize how selfish I was. Word. Hi, I'm Natalie, and I'm in the what's what do we call it? young marrieds small group. And um, the biggest, I just wanted to share a lesson that I learned this week, and this is a culmination of lots of different um, small group and just relationships at Vintage. We talked about this a lot. Um, the week that we talked about confrontation and healthy confrontation in relationship. And something that our small group talked about was the difference between a peacemaker and a peace lover. And I've always considered myself, you know, I'm a peacemaker. I'm just not going to bring it up and make sure that everything continues to go along and everything's fine. Well, I learned that really I'm a peace lover. And I just love to put things aside and not bring them up and not cause conflict and pretend things aren't there. And... um it was really challenging to me to learn that that is not at all what God calls us to be. He doesn't call us to be silent and step back, um, but it's important to be a peacemaker. And when there is conflict, instead of ignoring it and pretending it isn't there, how important it is to bring it up and lovingly, spirit-led, confront people with things going on to maintain peace in your relationship. I'll fall over. Don't And that's true. <laughs> okay. Um, basically, I'm up here because uh, Tom Tanner was talking about forgiveness, and the thing that uh, the thing that hit me on forgiveness is. Uh, like, just real quick, I was in an orphanage when I was younger, so I didn't really have a family life. And then when I got out, my father's alcoholic, so we really didn't have a family life. And so pretty much for, oh, gosh, 50 years, I guess, I just lived a selfish life. I mean, it's all, you know, just from what everything happened, it's like get what you can. And uh, so that's what I lived. So, um, And then it's not necessarily – me wanting to forgive others or anything. I think my selfishness uh, was that, uh, like, I don't let I don't let God forgive me for the things that I've done in my life. Because when you live a life that your whole life, all you do is to grab for what you can get. And and I did. I trust me. I did some terrible things, and I'm sure we all have. But like, I don't allow God to forgive me for that, and I continue to be selfish. And you know, part of that is uh, like you don't ever feel like you're loved. So when you meet people you just want them to it's like everything's about you got to like me you got to like me you got to you know everything's about me and i i think that uh i just wanted to share that i think things will be i i, I will get closer to god when i allow god to forgive me and i allow god to 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 live in my life and i give up what i can get out of it and that's that's pretty much what i wanted to share so who else? Hey, Becky. Hi. You got to stand up too. I know, and I don't look good. Um, one of the things that uh, that I got out of our study was that. I'm not always forgiving, and um, and I don't take forgiveness from from the Lord either. Like Jim said, I I don't feel like I deserve His forgiveness, but um, I've learned, and I'm learning. Hopefully, we'll continue to learn that um, God does forgive the. Every sin that I've ever committed, everything that I've ever done wrong, he died for me. And um, I'm just grateful that I had the opportunity to be with uh, Kathy and all the other girls that were in my group and uh, draw closer to them. And um, I hope we will continue to 
uh, have small groups. I think it's very important because you really do get to know one another and be friends, you know, not only during that time, but for the rest of your lives. And I'm grateful, too, for Steve and Randall and what they mean to me. I love them very much, and I love y'all, too. I'm Tim Parker. Uh, Our group was a very diverse group of people. Some of them I didn't know at all. Some of them knew pretty well. Some of them kind of knew, you know, spoke to them. And uh, the group was at our house. Stacy kind of led the group. And, uh, you know, I was uh, thinking, here it is, Monday night, and here's these people, you know, coming over. Some of them I don't know, you know. We're going to play games, you know. And uh, <laughs> I just, it's, you know. And uh, I just really, the whole game thing, you know. But anyway, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Let's play a game, too. Yeah. But, I mean, Sarah, if y'all don't know, is the game master, okay? And, I mean, she, she, she has got special rules that you never heard of and special situations. But, anyway, I was just truly amazed, you know, by the first, first, second, third week. I mean, I had never laughed so hard. I mean, just belly laughed and just enjoyed people. That I didn't even, you know, I, I didn't even have an idea what their personality was like, or, you know, and just just had a good time. And I just thought this this is just, you know, I just I was amazed. And as as we moved on with Rick Warren in the study, and and this very diverse group of people started, I guess, just trusting each other and bringing out some really huge issues going on in their lives. And some of them were, I mean, some of them were deep, you know. And by the time, I think I was one of the first ones who said, well, I'm having a hard time. Mine certainly wasn't one of the deep ones, but it was bothering me. My, my neighbor keeps letting his wash off run down in my yard, and it's making me so mad, you know. And, but uh, but it, was re- it was really tough because I was spending money fixing my yard, and he didn't seem to care or didn't matter to him. And, it, and, you know, and by the time I heard some of the other things going on, it sure minimized mine. But my diverse group sure helped me in my, my plot of things. But... Uh, also, the one other thing that I think was awesome in our group is that these people that um, I, I, I've never, I didn't even know someone went to church here, you know, or didn't even recognize them, is that I'm, I'm the kind of person that I, I would probably say yes to most anything if you asked me to help. I, I mean, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I just just do okay there. and uh, But I've never asked for a lot of help. And uh after our group and everything, I feel like I have a group of people now that I would want to call, that I could call for, for anything now. I mean, just anything. I feel like this group of people that barely knew each other, so that we're going to do life together now. And, and I really mean that. So it's special to me. Kathy Gosha. I hosted the older ladies, and they were such a fun group. <laughs> but we got a real life lesson. Uh, I kept hearing the Lord early on saying, they'll learn by doing. So I remembered this man from a small group two years ago. His name's Ed Payne. And I sent him an email um, because he, he would always ask for prayer for his wife. So I sent him an email and said, Can my group of ladies come visit your wife? So we went the third week. We're thinking we're going there to serve him. But he served us. We got the greatest life lesson of what it is, what unselfish love is. What unconditional love is. Because his wife had a stroke six years ago. And she can only move her head. She cannot talk. And she cannot eat. But we were we were just amazed. Becky was with me that day. 
And I asked him, I said, what's Chris's greatest need? And I fully expected him to say for y'all to pray for her to be healed. But that was not his answer. His answer was, my wife needs friends that will come visit her. Because they're basically shut in. And I applaud Rosemary and Bill. They've been visiting them. And Graham King takes it out to lunch a lot. So they need people to come visit them. And so we went back and did one of our book studies there. And we got served again. <laughs> I mean, Ed, could he could teach the lesson. We just sat there and listened to Ed. <laughs> but this Wednesday we have the privilege also of we're doing a second project. We're going to help serve Thanksgiving dinner at Devereaux, which is a home for troubled teens. So pray for us Wednesday night because we're expecting good reports. <laughs> Hi, I'm Summer, and I'm, the Lord's been tugging at my heart for the last, you know, 15 minutes or so. And I, I only was a part of our small group for a little while because Thursdays ended up being really tricky for me. I'm room mom with both my kids, and then we moved, praise the Lord, this week, so couldn't go <laughs> this week. Um, but I think what the Lord's wanting me to say is that, you know, I was in the young moms group, and being a mom is hard, and I'm very type A, very control freak. Sorry, Jason. And uh, and it's I have been attacked in my thought life a lot as a mom and um, and it's worse when my kids are at school. You know, I think you would embrace that time to be able to be alone and get things done. But I find that I'm just attacked during that time and um, with worry, anxiety, what ifs, everything and. You know, I I really can relate to many of you that have had trouble just letting the Lord love you, just letting him love you, you know, and not only just forgive you but and set you free in that way, but just, you know, letting him love you. And I learned that, you know, in those moments that, number one, it's important to have that daily time with him, but to also just be aware of his presence in the small things throughout the day um, when you're just folding laundry or running errands or making dinner and writing your to-do list if you're like me because I'm like list everything um, and just letting him love me like that that has been such a struggle for me I mean it's it's huge struggle for me and it's just when something goes awry I just go off the deep end because it's out of my control um, just long story short with Randall's helped me so much with my son is in Cobb County as a student we moved to Paulding County so they're not letting him stay and I just thought went off the deep end that day because I was crying in the office. And I'm not even that type of person to make a scene. But, you know, just um, everything that's happened to me this summer through Steve's sermons and through the um, the love series has just prepared me for that moment because I had my, you know, breakthrough moment. But then I was okay, you know. And, um, you know, a month ago now, um, Noah, our son, got was baptized. So it's like the Lord's just really taking care of us. And really loving me through that, too, as well, to let me know that he's going to be okay, that we're going to be okay. And um, I think sometimes the ways that you expect the Lord to love you and show that is that's not always how he works. You know, he's unpredictable. He's invisible. Um, I love the song that you, you sang this morning. I mean, I've never heard that before, but it was so just rang so true to my heart. So I just wanted to share that if anyone else is having problems with their thought life, because I know it's just always been a big thing for me. So. All right. <clears throat> Our time is up for the morning. Um, I do want to say next week I'm going to officially kind of close out um, our, 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 our conversation. But, again, I think the part that I want to say and kind of leading up to this week and then leading up to next week is this, that our study on love, and, the, and it's, it's, it's beautiful. We talked in the beginning about how some of us, we can't allow God's love to flow into us because we put up our own walls before him, Right. That we, we literally, we put up the walls that keep his love from, from flowing in to us. And that's what kind of Jim, that's Jim's testimony this morning, right? It's a beautiful picture just of me being right. And, um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but seriously, no, it's this picture, right, of, just, and of God pouring out his love and then Summer's testimony. And, and then the idea then of how God moved through community, 
right? That we, we, we have to be in relationship. We need other people. We were never created to live by ourselves and be lone rangers, right? We were created for that. And this picture in the story just of, of Tim, right? Just this beautiful picture of him. Really what he said, guys, he didn't like you in the beginning is what he actually said. But he didn't use those words. I'm just kidding. No, seriously, it's just like, who are these people coming to my house? And all of a sudden, boom, I love them. And then the nature then of, of the love now that we're called to. And I want to just kind of leave it this phrase. That's what we're going to talk about next week. But the launching part, and I've told this to, to our small group, is this. And I want you all to hear this. That the launching from this study is into full-time ministry. And I want you to hear that. Full-time ministry is the call of your life. It's the ministry of loving God. And it's the ministry of loving my neighbor. That life is not about you. If you get anything from the study, the whole, the whole book of 1 Corinthians leads up to chapter 12, 13, and 14. Basically, stop being so selfish, self-absorbed, self-focused, and stop being so competitive. That's the whole book of 1 Corinthians. Stop being so selfish. Stop making you the primary thought of your everyday moments. Stop being so self-absorbed and self-focused. It's not about you. It never has been and it never will be. It's about agape, loving people giving your life away. That's the point. Into full-time ministry. Whether it's ministry to your kids or whether it's ministry, as Harvest talked about, to your husband. Do you take notes on that, Randall? But it's about, seriously, about... Yeah, I'm just kidding, right? But the idea also, the idea that, or loving specifically my neighbor next door to me who has his water and his runoff coming down into my yard, right? Or literally loving the people I just don't like who are in my life, that they have to be like our parents sometimes or our kids, if we're completely honest, right? The idea of loving selflessly. Because when we get to heaven, God's not going to care, honestly, how well you raised your kids and how good a job you did at work or, or even how you led to Christ. What he's going to care about is, did you love me? And did you love your neighbor? That's what he's looking for. Did you selflessly agape love well? This week, your groups hopefully have been talking about the, this, 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 this uh, expression of love. I don't want to call it an outreach because that makes it like this thing we're doing. But it's an expression of love. What's the expression of love? This is the week that you get to be in full-time ministry with your group or whatever, whenever you decide you're going to do it as an, as, an, as an expression of ministry, right? Ministry is simply giving my life away for others. They're not an object to be ministered to. There's a person or a group of people to be loved. Don't ever treat people like ministry objects. Just treat them as people to be loved. You're not, listen, you're not getting someone saved, that's not your agenda in life. Your agenda in life is to love them, and God will save them. Now, you may be the one through which that comes, but your job is simply to love them. And if he opens that door, then you walk through it. But the idea is simply to love well. Okay? All right. If you have other stories you'd like to tell, just shoot me an email and we will create an email list of all these stories. In fact, I would love to get all of your stories. I would love for you, listen, I would love for you to take five minutes this week and jot me, Steve, at Vintage242.com, an email and just tell me your story. Take five minutes. Take five minutes. Let's create a list of these stories and then I'll put them back out and people can continue to read the stories of God, of what he did and ultimately, I'd love to, you to continue to add stories of what happened as you went to love on people. Okay? All right. So with that, let me pray for us. Uh, as far as you can come, we'll have a time of ministry. If you'd like this morning to come forward, just for someone to lay hands on you and pray for you to come alongside you, like to take communion this morning as an expression, the fullest expression of selfless love in action in the life of Jesus. And I encourage you to come this morning. So Holy Spirit, we invite you. We say, have your way, Lord. God, you've just spoken to us this morning through community, through family, through relationship, God, through one another. Lord, I praise you that you care enough about us to not let us live in selfishness. That, God, you convict us, you challenge us, God. Lord, I pray this morning that you would tear down our walls of pride, 
She would tear down our walls of frustration and anger. She would tear down our walls, Lord, so we can be honest. And that, Lord, we would be able to receive your love and that we'd be able to give love well. Jesus, have your way in us. We love you. Amen. To come this morning and simply share a story. We use the word testimony at church, but basically it's a story of, of how God moved in you and your small in your small group this over the last seven weeks. I want to invite you to come this morning and share. So if you know and are prepared to share this morning, I want to go ahead and invite you to come and you can sit right here because we're going to go through these. We're running, uh, we're not running late, but we, I want to make sure we have enough time to get everyone covered. So if you're going to know you're going to share this morning, boldly st- stand up. And make your way right here and come sit right here. And I'm going to go ahead and just kind of set up the morning, okay? What we're going to do is this. Someone needs to come before us. I'm going to feel, I'm feeling silly. Seriously. I'm feeling really silly. Someone get up there. Yeah, Stephanie. I want you to know that your young married group, not right now, that's your group you're in, right? It, well, yes. It had the, Scott McMath, you're a jerk, right? Um, you can go ahead and sit right here. I'm giving the spot. This is your spot. I saved it right there. All right. So they had like the most people share at the first service, right? Uh, yeah, it's close to ours, right? And they had the best, the best stories. So yours better match up. I'm just kidding. But seriously, so anyway, but all that to say, here's what I'm asking this morning. Two minutes or less, right? The selfless thing to do is not to take the microphone and own it, right? That's the selfless thing, right? The, so the more, the more succinct and profound you share and get done, that means more people get to share. So basically what I'm telling you is don't talk too long. That's what I'm saying, okay? So, Stephanie, you're gonna, you're gonna open this up. And so as you, I would encourage you to go ahead, even as you share, you can come, make your seat here. The quicker you get here, that we can go down and get more covered. So I'm asking you, go ahead selflessly, get over your fear of speaking, get up and come up here now and wait, okay? That's what I'm saying. Alright, so with that, we're gonna dive in and I'll close this out in a little bit. There we go. But you have to stand up when you share. Yes. I don't, I don't like to speak in front of people. Okay, um, Anyways, I'm going to start with me and my husband didn't start coming to this church. We started January, and um, my parents came, so we used to come, like, during the holidays just to visit, and, sorry, and I just always felt um, the love and acceptance in this church every time I came in, and so I just prayed about it. Well, anyways, we started coming and making this our home church and uh, met some really awesome, I don't want to say old couples, but older than us. And they really just, like, took us in. They really loved on us and uh, made us feel welcome. So we started our small group, and this was our second time at the McMath house, and which is always a blast. I was told y'all would for me. No! That's our thing that we do at, every week. But anyways, um, the thing I just want to share is uh, we, it's been spoke on love, but I want to spoke speak on the fact of God bringing the right people into your life at the right time. And um, there's amazing couples, and we've grown really close, all of us, but there's one couple that came to our group last time, and they were new too, and like none of us really spoke. We just kind of, oh, hi, how are you? And this week, or this year, for some reason, we were just texting on Facebook, and she was like, you want to get coffee one day? And I was like, yeah, that would be great. And um, we found out that we are just in the same season of our lives dealing with the same things, and um, it's just really cool for God to bring that person in your life that you just didn't plan on, and uh, the friendship that brews from that, and um, her husband and my husband just get along amazing, and we have a great time, and it's good to have someone to lean on, to cry with, to be joyful be joyful with, and um, so that's it, that's all I want to share. Our group's great. Good job. Thank you. Yeah, anybody who wants to share, anybody who wants to share, you can go ahead and come forward. Small group, stories to tell. Thank you, Barry. Sorry for your loss on Friday night, bro. Sometimes people are just better than you. That's right. <laughs> well, hey, folks, our group, our group was rather remarkable. <clears throat> um, and it was just the group that I have to just say it was, uh, it was just God's doing. Um, to begin with, I didn't want to do it. My wife wanted to do it. And uh, so 
So, you know, so, you know, and I mean, the first time we did this, you know, she was said, well, I'll, I'll lead it. And so we, you know, we're getting together and we all gather. And so we sit down and we're about to start. And she turns to me and says, will you lead it? <laughs> <laughs> she she knows how God's gifted me. And so she just says, all right, you got to do it now, boy, you're on the spot. So anyway, so I mean, I didn't want to do it. God did it. And it was just awesome. And then there was, and then we had three couples that came and, um, <clears throat> Probably only one wanted to be there, honestly. And and but then and then God just did it. It was just amazing how the Lord just renewed marriages and just touched hearts and and it was I mean, it was easy to lead because it was God, you know. And so it's just remarkable. I just give praise to the Lord for how he worked in, in lives. Amen. All right. And as we yeah, come forward and as we're sharing, remember thinking through over the last several weeks and things that God has been doing, things he's been speaking, the lessons that we've learned in that. And so ladies first. Sorry, Charles. Well, this was a really convicting 40 days. Um, I thought I was doing pretty good in the love walk. I've been a Christian for most of my life. But um, I found out that I wasn't loving like God loves all the time, everyone, everywhere. I was just loving who was comfortable to love and who was easy to love and when I felt like it. <laughs> so this has helped me grow a lot, and uh, I'll praise God for putting me here. Uh, oh, okay. If I don't fall down, it's my ankle. But anyway, uh, there you go. Uh, we were with uh, Steve and Martha's group, uh, obviously the best group, so that's, that's settled, so there you go. Uh, as Claudia just shared, uh, and I kind of mentioned to Scott last week, and let's use a holy term here, but I guess I found out how really poorly or how much I've reeked at loving the way Jesus would want us to love and loves us. That said, of course, we got over that and became models of that. But uh, the, uh, we've met a lot of new uh, faces in our group, people we've seen around but didn't really know very well. And it, well, I guess one thing that struck me was the, the, the crisis in all of our lives. Uh, just incredible things that we're all facing all week, every week. You know, you know, we know people that are hurting and trying to minister to and we're not doing very good at it. But... Uh, all things said, this is, we're all facing it. You know, we all deal with it. We all have it, do it, know it, whatever. But, uh, tools we've been given to do this for the rest of our lives. We have abilities and things to walk this through till the Lord comes and gets us. But, uh, so I'm, I'm blown away by it. I think it's great. Good. Thanks. Hey, do you have that Jeopardy theme song? Okay. Who's next? Lucas. I was a part of the Hambrick small group. Uh, it was decent. Um... We had some okay talks and shared a little bit. Okay, so <laughs> it was really cool um, because the program we were using, I guess, was like, gave like applicable ways of mimicking Christ's love, I guess. But in summary, please, please. <laughs> to, sum it, to sum it all up for me, um, and I feel like somebody could could use this. Um, if if like God loves everybody, we all know like He loves each of us individually. Um, but if you were the only person on the earth, like it was just you and God, you that was it. You were the only one on the earth. The love He would have for you in that situation is the same love He would have 
and you live in a world with billions, trillions of people. And when that hit me, when we were sitting in our circle talking, I was, it was just, it broke me down. So hopefully that could help somebody. Good job. Two minutes, Sonny. Precious time. Hey, family. You know, I tell you, this um, small group, Love Thing, was, uh, was uh, quite the experience. You know, um, there's a lot of things that have been going on in my life, both with my family, both my kids, my wife, my parents. There's a lot of things that have been going on that are way out of my power, way out of my ability to deal with. And so I've been kind of in a space where I've really been having to rely on him in my life and trying to trust, basically trust him in things that I can't deal with on my own. And that's real hard for me. <laughs> Just let you all know. I'm sure we all can relate to that one. But in my small group, you know, Barry, I mean, was in Barry and Kathy's small group. I was one of the couples that was not expecting to be there. <laughs> you know, there was a couple other couples. We, we tried to make something work, and it just didn't work, you know. And, and, and me and my wife have been in a space where, you know, we really needed to understand what love is and how Christ loves, you know, which I'm sure if you've been married a while, you can relate. <laughs> um, you know, about, about a month ago, I came to Steve, you know, and Randall, me and my wife were in a space where, like, you know, we were at very odds ends of the spectrum, didn't really want to even, you know, it was real hard to even stay wanting to be married. I'm just being honest with y'all, you know, and, um, you know, we were at that space, you know, and Steve over here, you know, he's like, hey, you know, I'm not going to give y'all, uh, I'm just going to give you all my opinion. I'm going to listen to what each one of y'all have to say, and, I'm, you know, this is what I need to tell you. You know, and he, you know, Lord spoke to him and convicted me in my heart and told me, you know, that I needed to deal with what was in front of me. And I had no idea what the Lord was going to plan for me or anyone else. You know, I just knew that I needed to trust him and to put one foot in front of the other, you know. And, you know, today, you know, even though that me and my wife, you know, we're not where we want to be, we're a lot better than what we were at before. You know, and I've been really witnessing the Lord's power in my marriage you know, and not just in my own marriage, but in my parents. See, what I didn't know was the Lord, part of, you know, I've been working a lot with my parents here, staying with my parents through this period of our transition, you know, and my kids are aware of it, you know, and we've been really trying to work, you know, but the Lord has a way of doing things that I don't even know. Because right now, my mother has been pretty much at the house. She's been depending on oxygen 100% of the time, and she's not able to come here, you know, and... You know, the Lord put me there in her life at that point, you know, and with my parents, you know, and my father, I tell you, you know, the Lord's been using me and my parents to just kind of heal a lot of things, you know, and I learned the other day, talking about the love thing, you know, what this thing taught me was, is just to stop, because my life is so busy and there's so many things going on that I don't pay attention to the, the relationships and the opportunities that happen. And the Lord has really been using the spirit to convict me when those moments happen when I just need to stop and pay attention to what happens in front of me. You know, and the other day, me and my father were talking, and my mom put in my bug in my ear that my father hadn't been in church in a very long time. But not only that, that he was raised in the church. And, you know, um, for some reason, I decided to have a conversation with my father, and that topic came up, and I, I spoke to you about it, you know. And, you know, the Lord has been using me in his life, my mother's life, my, parent, my, my, my own family, my own kids. And, you know, and I'll be honest with you, it's him doing it. It ain't got nothing to do with it because he's working in me and my heart. You know, I truly have been trying to ask for that, to help him, you know, and just to hear that principle, this thing was. I mean, there's so much, like, you know, you still see two minutes. You know, I'm just now learning what it is to follow Christ. You know, and, and I'll be honest with you, I've been doing this for a while, but... The Lord is revealing so much more to me in my life. And thank you all very much. And I just felt like I needed to share that. Thanks. All right. Who's next?
What y'all don't know is there is a three-way tie for the best small group. It is the McMath's Young Married Couple Small Group. But it's not Barry and Kathy Cox. It's not the Hambricks. It's the Senior High Guys and Senior High Girls Small Group. So in your face. Um, so first off, personally, um, Harvest and I just got married. And Harvest is very new here. I'm still pretty new here. And it was just fantastic to be in a group of people who really cared about us, who really loved us, who really um, were involved in our lives. Because I don't know about y'all, but I don't really like small groups. Um, I've been to a few and left those few very quickly just because it's like, all right, this is boring. I'm leaving. Um, but it was very like we, we would talk and, and Wednesday nights were awesome for us, not because necessarily what we were doing or what we we're going to talk about or what we were going to eat, but um, just because the people we were going to be with, we were actually engaging in life together. And it was pretty awesome. Um, on the flip side, the high school small groups were awesome as well. Um, we didn't probably get into as much of the love study as we ate. The guys ate a lot of Waffle House. Um, just going to throw that throw that out there. Andrew Fortier almost killed himself several times. Um, but for those of you who have high school aged adolescent males in your household, I'm going to tell you something that's going to blow your mind. We sat in a room with two leaders and four to seven high school guys. And they actually talk to each other. Boom. Um, I can't really, I think the girls groups were good too. Every time I talked to Harvest or Stephanie, they said they were fantastic. But bottom line is they are actually really entering into relationship and bringing things to the table. And not just engaging each other, but engaging Jesus with each other in a way that is actually going to sustain them for longer than this weekend. So... Small groups were great for me. It was a big win. I had a good time. Good job. And anybody in the Hambricks group, challenge still stands. Whatever y'all want to do, we're going we're to chop it up sometime at some competitive event, so bring it. And he's a dork. All right, who's next? I think this is everybody from the Young Marrieds group now that's been out. I'm just teasing. Um, I think, first of all, you know, just this whole small group initiative and the book study. I mean, I got to give props to Scott Crawford and and, uh, Steve for for just really presenting a, a fertile soil for us to plant in. And so I thank you all for, you know, just your obedience in that. I think when we entered into it, it was kind of like, I mean, honestly, let's be honest, right, Rick Warren? Right? I mean, there's probably a lot of tension in that. And it was, it was really awesome. I think second thing is, and you started out with this um, when we launched, is you said the game night was an experiment. And, and I will say that it was a, a success, but... For the young Marys, it was a little awkward by about the third week. I mean, we were talking about some things that were uh, quite interesting. In fact, if anybody's ever played that game, Things, just be careful with who you're playing with. In our case, we were the older couple with younger couples, so let's just say we learned a few things. Um, yeah, so high level of, um, of a relationship started in those first few weeks. But, you know, a couple things came out for me. So... I, Oh, three words stick to me. The first is uh, investment. Right? The second one is ownership. And the third one is transparency. So, I mean, we think of, and as people that, that have, you know, jobs or whatever, when you think about investment, right, you think about, you know, what do I invest in? What do I invest my time? What do I invest my money in? Relationships require investment, and, and small groups require investment. And I'll say for our group, and I think from, from hearing the testimonies, right, there was a high level of investment in wanting to create relationships, wanting to cultivate relationships. And then that drives ownership. And so it takes it to that next level. And, you know, Jesus models that for us at all times, right? He's always investing in us. He's always owning the relationship. But as you start to do this, and this... This, to me, is really convicting because 
you know, when we say we're closing the small group, but then we're launching into ministry, it's, it's vitally important for all of us that we understand what that looks like. Right? It, it looks like you don't stop loving like Jesus loved. It, it means that you, you don't just relate it to the small group. It means that you invest, own, and then are transparent in relationships outside of these church walls, outside of your small group walls. So, um, you know, for me, it was, it, it was incredibly powerful as I watched people um, that, you know, Harvest and Timothy, Harvest talked at nine, Timothy talked here, to just connect and invest. I mean, we were hosting, but literally we were just watching God do his thing. One, putting people together, um, you know, that, that we honestly would not have picked to put together. Uh, I'll give you a quick example, right? Harvest and Timothy came in. They were, we broke the rules, right? They weren't married. Um, but, but what the, what God revealed in that for us is, is God let us share in their marriage. God let us share in them going through that. And, and honestly, for you couples, right? We talked about this in, in, um, you know, in our group. Watch your marriage video, right? I don't know how. 21 years from me, right? Watch that marriage video. Understand what those vows look like. Because when it comes to relationship, right, there's an ultimate vow there. There's this trinity relationship that then for us, you know, we get to engage in that individually. But then in the, in the form of marriage, we get to have relationship together with our spouse and then ultimately together with Christ in our own and God in our own trinity type relationship. And so just really powerful stuff, but don't lose that, right? I mean, investment, ownership, and transparency means that you move, right? It means that, you know, on Wednesday nights or whenever it is that you're, that you're moving in that, that people at your work, as you come in contact with them and you're like, yeah, well, I probably need to, or the spirit leads you to, but you don't, right? You stop short of, that's not how Jesus loves, Right? Jesus prioritizes, he prefers, he favors that over whatever else it is in life. So anyway, uh, to me, I, I thank you guys for, for setting that up and uh, uh, just awesome opportunity uh, for us going forward. Thanks. All right, one last, one last story of what God did in you. Um, and then we will end. One more person. Hi. Um, we had a small group at our house, and uh, I just I, I love hearing because I was going to stand up here and say you know ours was the best because we really were truly absolutely convinced that it was, and uh, I I love the fact that everybody feels like their group was the best. You know that means that God did it. That means that you know people didn't just pull together the people they wanted to be with, but um, God knit hearts together, and I think that's cool because that's what He's doing in the church. This church, but also, you know, in his beautiful bride. And so uh, it's exciting to be in step with what he's doing. And, um, you know, we all met together for six or ten, um, but the curriculum was really like a six-week deal. Um, but I realized when I got started, I really liked the audio. You know, I'm so glad you guys put that on the, the website because there weren't enough books. But I love listening to it. And um, I don't know if you got caught, you know, picked up or scooped up, um, engaged in the, the, the Rick Warren level, like on the, you know, whenever night you met, or if it was the, the, um, the 40 days, the devotionals. Um, I just, because uh, God meets us wherever we are, you know. Um, but I was amazed because all of a sudden I realized sometime during the first week that this wasn't like a, a six-week gig you know this wasn't as like a six week ten week small group but it was a 40 day fast of love and it I kind of entered into it as a fast you know and um and faster always kind of you know uh you never know what to expect because it's kind of like you know you're laying stuff down and you're opening up yourself and you're just giving God permission to like really mess with you and and he did and it was so sweet you know it was really sweet it was unexpected it was really uncomfortable for me you know there's so much stuff you know his Jesus love is just so amazing you know it's just it's so unexpected 
in all of the best places and seemingly at the worst times sometimes. And it's such a gift. And so I just am so grateful for him because you don't control a fast. You know, it doesn't fit into a curriculum. And so I just, um, I'm really grateful that his timing, that he just so graciously lined me up with his timing. And I, I just want to encourage everybody, if you did not get um, uh, scooped up in, the, in the, the 40-day aspect of this, I would really just encourage you to revisit that and, and kind of take it, you know, uh, through the next season maybe, if you don't know what you're going to do next. Because uh, I think I'm going to do it again, you know. But it was just really sweet, and I just want to thank every person and couple, the couples that came to our group. It was it was wonderful, and we expect it to continue. And so I just uh, sounds like everybody, a lot of people want to continue. And uh, if you didn't get in, sorry, did you check your watch? Um, <laughs> uh, anyhow. Um, you know that there's still an opportunity to get involved in groups if you didn't um, ride the second wave and and uh, and just you know just do it just do it you know because God's made already made a place for you if you have a desire in your heart so uh, don't miss don't miss what God's doing and uh, jump in uh, because it's sweet it's really sweet and God wants to just love on you through it so um, uh, anyways that's it. <laughs> All right, well, good. Uh, I encourage you, if you still had other stories, I told the first service, I would love for you to take five minutes this week and just sit down and, and, and write out those stories, those testimonies of what God did in your group. I know that for our group, there were specific weeks that, that just, I mean, highlighted the work of God in our group. It was amazing just to watch as, uh, you know, and Lucas touched on it, but just some massive things and massive walls coming down, the expressions of God love poured out. I think that's one of the things we talked about the very first week is a lot of us have a hard time receiving love from God, right? We put up our own barriers between us and God that literally hinder and stop God's love from flowing into us, right? And the idea was, we hear this even today in 9 o'clock service, I wish you could have heard some of those stories too, just that God broke into people's lives, and he brought healing in their own lives. And then once he did that, in breaking those walls, then they could receive love. Then they were actually able to give love. And just the, the nature, and that's what we're hearing in the stories. And so that's the idea of God's love. He gets in, he loves on us, and then he does this neat thing of empowering us. And that's the thing I want to end, and we're going to talk about it next week, kind of in closure for our entire study, is, is this, is this. The nature of, of, of God's love is that he's calling us, one, to receive from him, but he's calling us to die to selfishness so that we can then love God and love others. And the picture is this. What I want to say to today is that we, when we're launching, and Scott kind of touched on it, is that what we're doing is this. God's calling each and every single one of us at this moment now into full-time ministry. When I mean ministry, I don't mean now, so you're going to have a pastor title in front of your name. I don't mean that at all. I mean that every moment of every day, God is calling each of you to say, to lay down your selfishness, your self-absorption, the things that you want to do in your schedules, in your times. And he wants you to know very clearly this life, your life, it's not about you. It never has been. It's not about your feelings. It's not about your emotions. It's not about what you want to do. Your life literally hasn't, if you're a follower of Christ, if you're not a follower of Christ, then it is all about you. It shouldn't be. But if you were a follower of Christ, he's saying to you, who cares about your emotions and feelings ultimately? It's not about you. Life's not about you. Now, I love you and I want to bring healing, right? But ultimately, your life is about giving your life away. That's the point. We spend so much of our time and energy in life focused on self and my feelings and what I want and what I feel and how someone hurt my feelings and how they wounded me and all this garbage. And God's saying, get over it. Receive my love. Because your life is supposed to be a selfless expression of love in action without emotions or feelings driving you to it. It's simply obedience to me. Your life is a call, and the culmination is that your life is a call to full-time ministry. I would say this to you, and I want you to hear me all say this. That when you stand before God, 
He's not going to ultimately look at you and say, how good a job did you do at loving your spouse? How did you do in your job? He's not going to look at you and ask how many people you led to Christ or how many church services you went to. He's going to look at you and say, did you love me with everything? And did you love your neighbor? That's what he wants to know. He's going to look at you and your life will be judged simply on one thing. How you sacrificially gave your life away to those you didn't even like because you knew that was God's call on you. And that as you did it, you all of a sudden experienced the fullness of God being poured out into your life. 